Good morning, St. James, uh, and welcome to our sermon for this week. Um, before we start, let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your word to us, and we pray that you fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts through your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, in case you're listening on the landline, uh, I'm going to start by reading our Bible readings for today. Uh, the first reading is Matthew chapter 16, and it's verses 21 to 28. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he'd be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. I'll tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And then our second reading is from Paul's Letter to the Romans, chapter 12 and verses 9 to 21. Uh, Paul writes this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I don't know if you ever find yourself in a situation where uh, you think you know better uh, than the people around you. Um, I, I have a story from this week uh, because this something happens to me quite a lot. Um, you know that we like camping and we have a, a tent that we trail, it sits on a trailer, we trail it around behind us and it goes up very quickly and easily and 
is beautiful. Um, we had decided that we were going to uh, upgrade to a slightly bigger, comfier trailer tent on the basis that our children are slightly bigger uh, and more uncomfortable than they used to be. And so we had um, put ours up for sale and tried to uh, find one to replace it. And we'd ended up finding one for sale up um, in Lancashire. Uh, and then someone had come in and uh, bid to, to buy our one uh, and said, oh, we'll, we'll come pick it up uh, this coming Saturday. We need to get a tow bar fitted to our car. Uh, and it turns out that they lived uh, in Lancaster, uh, the north of Lancashire. And so, um, as, as you do, you, you start plotting and scheming. And so Ali and I hatched a plan that we would um, go up to Ali's parents, that the children would stay with their grandparents, and we would drive our trailer up to Lancaster. We would have a night uh, in a hotel together, and then we would pick up our new trailer and drive it home again. And therefore, you only had to do the long drive uh, once in a given day. We weren't trying to do there and back towing at the same time. And so that was going to be um, Tuesday night to Wednesday uh, in the week just gone. And um, I was quite looking forward to this. We don't often go away. Uh, we don't often stay in hotels. We have a trailer tent. But it was all very exciting. It was all very... Um, yeah, it's very much something to look forward to. And then we noticed little drips of, well, something on the driveway outside the vicarage. We thought, maybe it's just been uh, the cat's had an accident or something. Well, 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 never mind. And so we drove on and we, we went to my in-laws and we stayed here. And um, the patches increased. And so we took it to a garage and said it's been recently serviced and MOT'd it's fine but it's dripping and so they had a look and they said well we've cleaned it up but we think you should be okay and so uh, on the Tuesday morning we hitched up our trailer and we drove off to Lancashire uh, and we got about half an hour into our journey and were, were just short of Milton Keynes when the engine uh, cut out as we were driving. Um, Ali was driving and she did incredibly well um, to very calmly get the car and trailer into a lay-by and park it. Uh, and we had the AA come out and have a look. And uh, there was some sort of um, fuel line that was that had come loose and so the fuel was going well all over the engine as a poster into the engine where it's meant to be and um, so he fixed it as best he could and then uh, escorted us to a nearby um, garage where we said could you have a look at it please and fix it quite quickly uh, maybe but in the next 10 minutes and then we can get on our way and um, it wasn't fixable it wasn't available we had to cancel the hotel we had to um, tell the people we're buying the trailer from, the people we're selling the trailer to, we couldn't come, we'd have to rebook it, do it another time. And it was very, very disappointing. And I was a little bit cross with God because um, I felt I'd done everything that I could. We'd, we'd had the car service, we'd looked after it. Um, I just wanted the night away, I wanted my nice new trailer. Why, why is this happening? Bah. 
and um, it was actually a, a family member uh, who lives up near Liverpool when we were, were sharing our uh, whinges on there later on that evening uh, just came back and said well I think someone might be smiling on you because the wind here has been awful and there's been eight centimetres of rain um, up by Lancaster and so towing your trailer up in this weather would have been really quite challenging uh, and I'm not sure it would have been safe now I would never say God God makes things go wrong or God God causes things to happen but um, I went from being furious at having had to pay for a hotel room that I couldn't use and disappointed at all my plans going up in smoke to the, to realizing that the hotel were, were happy to move our booking forward three nights after the, the car was fixed um, and that I was going to be able to drive up at a time when the weather was far more conducive and that I was safe and I think well maybe I'm actually making too much of a fuss maybe I am um, not appreciating what I've got and um, so you know I've I have since apologized to God um, we hopefully <laughs> pick up the car this afternoon uh, drive up later this week and by the time you hear this sermon we will have a shiny new trailer uh, and we'll have had a night in a hotel um, I'll tell you next week what can I say but the point is when things happen often my initial reaction is it should be like this I know how this should go which means that when I read that gospel story and I see Peter um, being taken aside and rebuked really sharply by Jesus get behind me Satan um, I empathize because you know Peter knows who Jesus is in the passage just before he's gone. You are the Christ. You are the, the son of God. And Jesus gone. Yes, you're right. And this isn't this isn't a human thing. You found out, Peter, God himself, my father in heaven, has revealed this to you. He's been praised up to the rafters. And this is just moments later. I kind of, you know, this is the, the next story. And Peter's being called Satan because how can Jesus die? How can Jesus suffer? He is God's chosen one, God's sent one. That that doesn't make sense to Peter. So Peter's kind of like, Jesus, don't, we won't let this happen. We will protect you. We will look after you. Um, like the lump he is. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. And I'm not sure I would have got it either. So that's where you have in the gospel just this beautiful example of how we as Christians say God you should be doing this and God says to us I know what I should be doing and I'm going to do it whether you want me to or not uh, and that made me think about the ways that I, I treat God often and the way that I assume that what God wants is for me to be at peace for God for God wants to me to be happy and um, I don't normally uh, go in for sort of celebrity interviews and the like but 
uh, I was watching a program and Gwyneth Paltrow, the actress, was being interviewed. Uh, it's from a few years ago, but she said something that stayed with me. She said that um, there was a time in her life when she, in her late twenties, she'd had recorded some films, she'd received a lot of money, uh, and things were going very well for her. And she said, what happens is at that point, people start removing obstacles from your life. You have people around whose job it is to bring you coffee, uh, to make sure you're warm enough, to make sure you, that your trailer when you're filming uh, has everything it needs in. Uh, if you go to the airport, people recognise you and you are uh, escorted uh, away from those who would want autographs and selfies and whatever else. And she says, people start removing obstacles from my life. Uh, and I started behaving in a way that was uh, very entitled, very arrogant. And um, my dad took me aside uh, and said to me very kindly, honey, uh, you're being a complete. And then I'm bleeping out the word that he used to her. And um, but he confronted her with it. Her father said, your behavior is awful and, and this isn't you. This is not how you should be. And she said part of the difficulty for her was that people removed the difficult things from her life. People took barriers out of her way because she had money, because she was famous, because she was an actress. And she said, we need obstacles. We need things that are difficult to keep us grounded, to keep us human, to keep us able to empathise other people. And that, that struck me. I mean, not that I am anything like Gwyneth Paltrow, but... There is something about as human beings, we do need difficulty. We do need a bit of struggle. Otherwise, we do become lazy. We do become entitled. We do become arrogant. And so Jesus, in the gospel passage, responds to Peter going, no, it's not going to be bad. There's going to be no difficult things. You're not going to suffer by saying, if you're going to follow me, then you need to take up your cross and follow. And you think, oh, I don't want to take up a cross. I mean, certainly for Peter, uh, James, John, the other disciples, picking up your cross meant you had rebelled against Rome and you were being executed. You were being handed the instrument of your own death and you were going to walk out of uh, the village you were in and they were going to nail you up and you were going to die. So no one wants to carry a cross and yet this is what Jesus has asked us to do and so that made me think okay so given we're not none of us are at immediate risk of martyrdom as part of St James what's it look like for us to carry our cross and that took me back to Paul's words in Romans 12 so to remind you Paul wrote don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Well, how do you find that? How do you react to that? <laughs> Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. 
I just, oh, wow. I mean, it's that thing. I remember someone's talking about the passage where Jesus says, love your neighbour. He said, do you love your neighbour? And the follow-up question was, how many of your neighbours do you know by name? And the follow-up question to that being, how can you say you love someone if you don't even know their name? And so it's that sense where we talk about loving others. Actually, really loving them means um, making, taking steps outside of ourselves, taking steps to, to find out who they are, what they need. Um, you know, asking how they are and really caring about the answer and giving time to listen to an answer. Uh, oh, yes. And then going further than that, for us at St. James, we talk about being four congregations, but one church. But actually, how many people from a congregation other than yours, the one you regularly attend, do you know by name? We've got a few people who who come across congregations who've been church wardens in the past that everybody knows. But I think sometimes we are we love the people we see regularly on a Sunday. But it's hard for us to really love the whole church because we don't know them. Paul goes on, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. So our priority should be honouring other people. So as we talk about resuming worship at St James, what's your biggest concern? Is it about how much of your regular worship you'll be able to have? Or is it about the other people who are part of St James? About what they need, about how they are affected? Paul goes on and says, never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Now, this is hard in lockdown because we are limited in where we can go and what we can do. Those people who have been sides people at church, church hasn't been open. Those people who've led prayers in church, um, we're not meeting. We're not able to go into other people's homes. We're not able to meet up in the same way. So how do we work hard to serve the Lord? Now, I think that we can take it lockdown as an excuse to curl up inside our own shells, to hide from the world. So I can't do anything. Government says two metres distancing. Um, but that's not our calling. So even if we are shielding, we can still be working hard to serve God, to do what he's calling us to do. We can be phoning people. We can be writing to people. We can be praying for people. And I'm reminded that Paul says that we should do this enthusiastically um, <laughs> as I've been opening up for the builders working on the church roof uh, this last few weeks uh, enthusiastic isn't always the first adjective that comes to mind but this is this is our calling it's what God has asked us to do and he doesn't pretend that it's easy Paul says rejoice in our confident hope. Well, I don't know about you, but through lockdown, through the pandemic, through all of this, 
um, rejoicing has been hard. Focusing on our hope that we have in Jesus instead of uh, the limitations of uh, where I can go, where I can shop, what I can do, uh, what is available for our children. Um, all of that tends to take up my, my time and my headspace. And yet we're told, whatever's going on, rejoice in the confident hope we have in Jesus. Now that feels like quite a lot, but that's only we're only halfway through. Paul goes on, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. It feels like God said this to us, the church, fairly constantly over the last few years. Be resilient. Keep on praying. Give thanks at all times. We looked at this from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 a few years ago. Keep on praying. Edna preached about this uh, a few weeks ago, about the Holy Spirit praising us uh, with groans that, that words cannot express. That idea that we don't have the words to, to say what we're thinking and feeling. And yet the promise is the Spirit prays in us and through us. So we don't, we not having the words is an excuse. We still come to God and we lay our heart before God and we pray. The next thing, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Now, this is something that I'm really proud of at St. James. If someone makes an appeal that they need help, people are so generous. Uh, the notice sheet mentioned a family needing some furniture and I've been directing offers of furniture for over two weeks. But actually seeing people's need can be challenging, especially if we don't have an easy way to help them or solve their problem. It can be easier to not look at the need, to dismiss it or ignore it, rather than to feel the pain of someone else who is struggling. Paul goes on, always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, again, it's lockdown. Uh, we've had workmen come into our house. They've got to come in wearing masks. Uh, we open windows. We stay out of the way. Um, we're not saying this works easily in lockdown, but the principle of hospitality is that of offering welcome, putting someone else's needs before your own. Now, I love offering hospitality in short doses. Uh, I can sometimes get grumpy about my own personal space and my own freedom to do what I want to do. And God often has to remind me how much he's given me and how much he still gives me uh, in order for me to appreciate that it's only right that I offer onwards what I've received. And when I do, I get to meet people. I get to hear their stories. I get to learn more about the world God has made. My life is enriched. And I'm blessed by being able to bless others. Again, we're in lockdown. I'm not saying welcome the world into your home. Please do keep staying safe. But I've seen great examples over the last few months of people sending welcome to your new home cards, leaving jars of homemade jam on doorsteps, picking up shopping for people, or even dropping around our notice sheet uh, to the homes of those who can't receive it via email. So let's review all of that, all of what carrying your cross looks like uh, in Paul's eyes. Paul wrote, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. 
be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And he goes on, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. None of this is easy. This is putting other people first and our own comfort second. It is painful. It is uncomfortable. But Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Satan wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to feel no need to pray. He wants us safe in our homes watching TV. We overcome evil by doing good by being kind, by putting others first, by reaching out of ourselves however we are able to. It's not easy. This is picking up a heavy six-foot wooden cross and walking slowly behind Jesus and following where he leads. Let's pray for his strength and his help as we follow his example and do what he calls us to do. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your determination to overcome evil by doing good, to sacrifice your own life so that we can be free from sin and guilt and death. We pray that you give us courage to take up our crosses, to put our own needs second, to look to bless others wherever we can. Lord, give us wisdom so we don't take unnecessary risks, but we, we step outside of where we are comfortable. Would you direct us this week, direct our thinking, our speaking. Show us who needs our love and our care. And would you strengthen us so that we would be able to pick up our cross and follow you wherever you lead us. Precious Jesus, we ask this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Thank you for listening. Uh, PCC are meeting this week to talk about uh, reopening for public worship again. Uh, but we will be uh, continuing to publish our sermons online, to publish our worship online. Uh, due to the restrictions, we won't all be able to meet in church at one time. And so it's important we can still keep uh, encouraging one another, supporting each other, uh, using the phones, using uh, the computers as we can. So please do uh, stay safe. We will continue to communicate all that we can uh, and we continue to, to take up our crosses together. So God bless you and we'll speak soon.